Hello and welcome to Comedy Juice Podcast. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we are looking at the Han Solo origin film, Solo, A Star Wars Story. But first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? Uh, tonight, I am drinking some Buffalo Trace bourbon. Excellent. And it uh, comes in this glass. That, we'll lift uh, it up a little bit. Keenan got me. Oh, yeah, the Star Wars one. Very it's cool. The, uh, this is the Empire. Yeah, I have four. One's the the Jedi, the Sith, the Empire, and the Republic. Yes. So, did he get you the Infinity Decanter as well? He did. Yeah, that that was part of the gift. Now, how is that doing? It's or good. It's it like three quarters ready? of the way full, so we're uh, we're, we're on track to uh, to have something to drink by Endgame. We are awesome. truly in the end game now, Brian. Yes, the end game is near. Uh, I am drinking uh, Sexton single malt whiskey. Nice. Delicious. Um, and that's where we are. All right. Uh, so last week's episode was on glass. Uh, of course, now we'll give you our instant <laughs> review of glass. Neither of us watched it. <laughs> neither of us got out of the house. Neither, neither, of, a, neither of us went. Uh, I was sick uh, and busy and the weather was horrible up here. Um, so and the movie times stunk, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, during basketball. So I did not see it. You did not see it. Did not. Uh, the critics saw it. <laughs> yeah. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 36% critic rating. Yeah. Uh, but audience members are giving it a 79% rating. So it sounds uh, a little bit work, like really, uh, Venom. <laughs> yeah. I had to work really hard. I guess not. There was all sorts of articles about the twist in glass. And I've been staying away from it so because okay. I do want to see it. I'm going to try to get there. When we do see it, I will do it. Though you and I both watched movies we liked that we'll talk about yeah. in the recommendation section later. Yeah. At home. Just not at, at home. Yeah. Uh, not that it mattered. Glass was number one at the box office, uh, just over $40 million. Mm -hmm. And remember, M. Night self-financed that for $20 million. Good work, so, M. He made a killing. Uh, social media this week, I was posting and talking about my crusade uh, to have an episode in which I make Jim watch this year's Razzie winner. Uh, and it was approved by everybody, um, I think. I and am up for it. Actually, I would not hate. I don't know what God he is. Uh, OK, so here's the list. All right. Let me give you the list. Now, first of all, my idea is this ties into last week's would be, you know, our first double double feature episode was um, last week yeah. where we did. Both movies. So a double feature with the best and the worst of 2018. So we're going to watch the Razzie winner mm -hmm. and the Academy Award winner. I'm, so I'm down for that. So both nominations came out. Now, the Razzie winners are Gotti, uh, John uh, Travolta's passion project. It's a John uh, Gotti playing, biopic. Playing John Gotti in a biopic directed by E uh, from the classic oh. HBO show. Uh, Entourage. Entourage. Uh, and this movie is supposed to be horrific. Uh, the other nominations, at, by the way, Gotti has a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, poor E. Yeah. Uh, the other nominations for Razzie were The Happy Time Murders, <coughs> which was the horrific yeah. Muppet R-rated Muppet Man movie. Uh, movie Holmes and Watson, <coughs> which trailer we watched on the show. That uh, looks terrible, by the way. Uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> That one doesn't look so uh, bad. It must have been uh, pretty. Uh, must have been pretty bad. Yeah. And, Is that and, Jamie Foxx is in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Winchester, which is a, about the making of the Winchester rifle. Yeah. Okay. So we will be watching one of those five films. Uh, in 
connection with either the Best Picture nominations, Black Panther, mm-hmm. uh, which we're watching in two weeks. So, which I've seen, if, and if, it, it, I if definitely... it ends up winning the Oscar, <clears throat> if not, yeah, I, I don't um, see how that's an Oscar winner. Black but... Black uh, Klansman, Spike Lee, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be fantastic. Bohemian Rhapsody, which we've talked about on the show before. Uh, the Favorite, which I loved, uh, was tremendous. Uh, we would highly recommend uh, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, or Vice. Lots of music. I am pulling for Roma because then we don't have to go to the theater. (laughs) Right. We could we could just put on Netflix and well Black Panther too. I mean Black Panther as well. And I I don't think there's any chance Black Panther wins Best Picture. It's it's probably the best film of the Marvel movies, but it's probably the best quality. Yeah. I agree. So we're going to have a double feature and we'll get that squared away here. Uh, I will say this. I want to see Holmes and Watson. So I wouldn't mind if that won a Razzie. Right. I wouldn't mind watching Robin Hood either. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching Gotti because I have a great John Gotti story from my dad. Because right. John oh, yeah, Gotti I remember that to yeah. his school. So, I mean, I have a, I have a Gotti <laughs> story I could tell. Maybe I could get my dad on the program to tell the John Gotti story. Mm, maybe. Highly maybe. doubtful. But we could try. Um, one last thing. This just broke several hours again. The dude is returning. Jeff Bridges uh, treated, uh, tweeted out a little video, 15-second clip yeah. of him reprising the role of the dude uh, for something. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come out on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's a commercial, I'm assuming, for something. Uh, really, I was quite shocked because they, the Coens and him have been so um, clear about not revisiting that character. Yeah. And I will say I do have my lawyers, uh, uh, the law firm of Falcone and Haas, on speed dial. Because if that shit turns out to be three men and a little Lebowski, I will sue. <laughs> I, I will yeah, sue. Yeah, I think we're safe. I, I think, think we're, we're safe. safe. We don't yeah. know. I now you had a good idea. You thought it's definitely going to be a commercial. Is it a commercial a la last year with the crocodile Dundee thing? Is yeah, it a- I I don't know. I mean, I find it hard hard to believe that they would license the character for anything other than some kind of charity and or public service thing, which you typically don't see during the Super Bowl. No, I was wondering if Universal. Uh, which owns the rights, I believe it's Universal, is going to announce some kind of streaming service. Ah, that's a good point. And maybe it's all like their classic character, you know, you know, something like that. If it turns out to be, what if it does turn out to be the announcement of a Lebowski sequel? There's no way they're spending, (laughs) no, there's no way they would spend Super Bowl Add money to announce the sequel to the Big Lebowski. Oh, it would be something. I, I was a little. It also was, just looks like a commercial. There's like a tumbleweed it, rolling it down the, the street. Yeah, I, I I was very excited, and at the same point, I was kind of like, yeah, no, it's, it felt it's, a little cheap. Yeah, you know, the, like they never brought it back. So we'll have to wait and see. So when we do, I, I think we're going to do a segment after the Super Bowl reviewing all the movie trailers that. Uh, premiere at the Super Bowl, so we'll see mm. and we'll talk about this. Star Wars uh, apparently getting some uh, teasers. Could be Star, could be Star Wars, uh, another Avengers. Um, 
There were a couple of other ones. Yeah. That I'm trying I don't want to see so, any more Avengers, to be honest with you. No, I think they're going to be very... They were actually talking about it. They're going to be very calm about I it. I heard that that Endgame trailer doesn't show anything past the first 15 minutes in the movie. Yes, I've, I believe that's true, actually. That's that's incredible. Yeah, insane. All right, uh, <clears throat> let's roll here. Uh, this yeah. week... Very, you know, there are some purists out there, I'm sure, who detest this idea um, that the very first Star Wars film yeah. that we'll talk about on the program is Solo. Right. Right. But, um, you know, we haven't got into the Star Wars franchise <laughs> yet. And you had not seen it. I had not. Which I thought was interesting. And also, it's the first time we've done a prequel. So that right. is really where my interest lied. And I, uh, up front, will say I enjoyed seeing this in the theater. And okay. I, it was just fun. And yeah. I thought, you know what? Jim hadn't seen this one. So let's do this as our first entry into it. And, and, and we'll kind of go from there. So why don't you give a little rundown of what And it's free. Solo, it's on Netflix right and now. And it was on Netflix. So anybody who could watch yeah. it. Well, I guess not free. We pay for Netflix, right, but right. you're not paying an additional fee. Right. And we're again, uh, we are not making any money. Every every episode no. is a financial loss. We are in some way or not. So, like I said before, we are hemorrhaging cash on this yes. podcast. I am starting to wonder: uh, Can I write off my Netflix as for tax purposes? I think uh, I think if we, I, I think it, we'd have fine. to like LLC pot com majors or something first. Uh, maybe we should we should probably be an LLC. Yeah. Could we put it in like our kids' names? Why would we do that? Yeah, you know, and just you know, for tax purposes. I I don't think we know enough about tax purposes. That could probably that's probably the wrong that, the wrong call. If we're losing no, money, we want it in our, our name. Yeah. I will talk to my financial advisor, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it about, might bump us up into a different tax bracket. Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so why don't you give just a quick overview of what the premise yeah, of the, Solo the, is. The, the premise of Solo is to really introduce us to Han Solo, the character from the original Star Wars trilogy, and show you sort of his origins, um, you know, his, his sort of uh, story that brings him to the place he is when we meet him in A New Hope. Um, and it starts off with him at an ambiguous age, I would say 16-ish. Yeah, hard to tell. Younger, yeah, yeah late teen. Um, living on Coruscant, or no, not Coruscant, uh, Corellia, where he's from, uh, which is basically seems to be uh, a pretty uh, run-down planet that basically yeah. is run by mobs and, and gangs and things like that. And um, I forget the name of the the character, but uh, <laughs> this one woman, um, what the, I'll have to look it up, uh, something the horrible. like <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah. Um, is basically hires these street kids to go out and do her bidding. It's it's a lot like uh, uh, Oliver Twist in that yes. way. And and, and and to be fair, that beginning sequence sort of does have like a like a um, that kind of Dickens feel to it. It's yeah. it's kind of weird uh, uh, idea. But um, and then from there, you know, it's basically the story of how he gets off that planet and how he ends up. Um, in the end, with Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon and heading off to meet Jabba the Hutt when we all sort of know where it goes from there. Yeah. Oh, I have to say a few things about this movie. Right yeah. off the bat, the fact that it was even watchable and not yes. nominated for a Razzie 
is shocking when you look at the story of this. And I think a lot of people knew this story. This film was was viewed as a financial blunder. Right. right. Um, It still made a lot of money, by the way. I'm sure. But it was horrific production. So they hired Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who had done Lego Movie, um, 21 Jump Street, Mm -hmm. you know, that style. Uh, there were only a couple weeks left in shooting and they're fired because apparently everything was, they could not work with the writers, uh, the Kasdans, yeah. Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back and his son, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who's like George Lucas, you know, is the head of all Lucas related yeah. material, fired him, brought in Ron Howard. Ron Howard reshot 70% of the film. Oof. Um, the reshoots drew, uh, drove the budget up to $250 million. Um, and it, it's just wild well, that yeah. there was even anything serviceable there. And there are elements of the movie, I think, where you can tell. But I thought Ron Howard does a pretty good job, and we'll get into elements of it, that he could do it. And some of it's telling. Like uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, who's great, yeah, yeah. Um, she said, oh, yeah, you know, Lord Miller, I think they were just trying to figure it out. It was really collaborative. You don't fill, figure it out with a $200 million movie. Yeah, and that was sort of going to be my point. Lots of people were talking about this as it, as if it was a bad idea. The only bad idea here was the mistake of hiring those guys, it sounds like. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and and, and, and to be fair, stuff. I think Ron Howard is sort of not the right person for this either. Like, No, but I think he was right to just save it. Yeah. I mean, he made it service. We can talk about him in a little bit. He made it serviceable. Right. Do you know what I mean? He was right. able to come in. Well, here's the quote that came out um, that one one uh, one of the people in Lucasfilm said, you know, Ron wanted to get back to the original spirit of the trilogy, the first mm-hmm. trilogy. Phil and Chris wanted to turn this into Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And that should have been the tip off, I think, right away. So uh, we'll go into this. I thought to drive today's discussion, uh, we could look at whenever I watch a prequel, there's like five things I look for in a prequel because it's such a different movie. Mm -hmm. You know, a prequel is basically made for people who love other films. You know, it's very targeted. You know, they want to bring in more people, but it's it's not an independent piece. Right. Uh, so I think there's five elements here that I look at for a prequel and I say, is it good or bad? Often I don't like prequels, and I'll say that <clears throat> up front. Yeah, well, we don't have a lot. We don't have a lot. No, but I think it's it's I think they're very difficult to achieve, as we'll talk about. Sure. Uh, so let's go right off the shoot here. One of the first things I think in any prequel you have to ask is this question. Is the recasting of the major characters acceptable? You know, in this film, we have Han Solo, Chewbacca and Lando. Right. right? I mean, those are the three. So in your opinion, what did you think about the recasting, which I think is always one of the most difficult aspects of any prequel? Yeah, I thought it was fine in this movie, to be fair. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, specifically, uh, well, Chewbacca is not. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, uh, he was easy, I guess. Right. I mean, thanks. it doesn't it doesn't technically matter for him. Um, for Han, that's a tricky one. And I think they pulled it off as best they could. Yeah, I was um, surprised. Yeah. I, 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 when I first heard the movie, I'm like, this is just going to be friggin' awful. Right. Because why? The only thing that was worse, I don't know if you remember this, back when we were in college, um, slightly before they started doing the prequels, they had talked about doing 
uh, a follow-up trilogy right, on right, Luke right. And, the, and they were going to recast Han Solo as Ben Affleck at the time. Oh, that would have been terrible. So at least they went younger. Um, right. And yeah, I thought he was pretty good. He was I was very surprised, good, yeah. actually. I was surprised how much I liked him because I didn't think that was going to be able to be pulled off at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and Lando... Um, I mean, Billy D has such a small role in the original trilogy, um, and I think you get very little of like what his character really is. Um, so I thought that was fine to be recast as well. And I think Donald Glover, I mean, even for for the title of this live video, I just put Jim and Brian talk Lando and Chewie. Oh, yeah. Han was in this movie, too, yeah. because I think Lando and Chewie really kind of steal steal the movie here. Um <clears throat> And that that so, but to your point, I think uh, Donald Glover cast as Lando is perfect. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's good. It's interesting because I think Lando in some ways is like Boba Fett. Yes. Like, well, that's so much. If you actually look at the movies, there's not much there. No, it's just they've spun out to all the books and all these other things that exist. And you think, you know, more about Lando than you really do when you realize you really don't know anything about Lando. And when you think about Han, like, let's be honest, what do we I mean, we know very little about him in the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, Which was effective, which is, I think, one of the good parts of that character. Right. Right. Um, and I thought the Millennium Falcon is a character, and I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, so. and definitely was sort of recast. If you look at it, it's clean and pristine and yeah. looks nice. Um, it's a little worse for wear by the end of the movie. That seems to be a theme of uh, vehicles in a lot of the movies that we're watching. <laughs> that we but, do. Uh, Pretty much every yeah. movie we do has a vehicle being destroyed. Um, yeah. To me, two of my favorite things were Chewie. And the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah, 100%. And Chewie was badass in this. That's yeah, one yeah. thing he'll give him mass and plus for. You really get to see him fight, and he's right. You get a lot more of him and a lot more of the Millennium Falcon, and I'm down for that. Well, so I thought, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about Chewie, because I want to know if you thought there was enough in this movie to, to consist of what we had always heard about Chewie and Han is that Han rescued Chewie from being like an imperial slave. And that's why he has a life debt to Han Solo. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that was. Uh, I think <clears throat> Chewie saved Han more than maybe Han right. saved Chewie. And the life debt, though, they seem to try to, like, play that a little bit. There's that part where Chewie comes up with other Wookies. Yeah. And then he decides to stay, and it's almost like he. He, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if there was more, again, this is where there's certain parts of this film where things don't quite mesh. And I wonder if like, yeah, with all the reshoots and they're just editing and trying to figure out how it goes together. Cause I agree. I thought that was a little weird. Uh, all right. So we give, I think in the recasting phase, we give solo a pass. Sure. Not pass. pass. All right. Uh, second big question to me when I watch any film in particular, a sequel as well. Is it a film that can stand on its own if I didn't know about the characters prior to seeing it? So if I, I was not seeing um, – if I was not watching this because I had seen Star Wars before and this was my first foray into this universe, is this film good enough to stand on its own in terms of making me want to then go watch other Star Wars films? No, no. No, I don't think so. 
Yeah, I, I, I would agree. There's a few things here. I thought the film looked good visually. Yeah. I thought they did a nice job um, visually with it. Yep. Uh, I, you know, I thought some of the other planets and stuff were, were, were pretty good. I thought they did a nice job with that. Uh, I think Ron Howard, from a directorial uh, directorial perspective, um, does an adequate – it's certainly not Ron Howard's best film in any stretch. But he's yeah. also being handed, I think, a giant steaming pile of Yeah, crap, I don't probably. think the writing was that great on this film either. No, and I think that probably <clears throat> comes from the fact one of the complaints was um, – that the two directors prior mm-hmm. weren't following the script at all. Okay. It was just like, make up your lines. We're going to improv. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then we see that. Um, and I don't think that worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some okay sequences, you know, that are enjoyable. Maybe uh, the space train robbery. I yeah, thought the set design cool. of the, how that train is spinning. Like I mm-hmm. would see that and I'd say, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, but you're right. You're. I think you're probably watching this for Young Han, Chewie, and yeah. that type of stuff. And if you don't know those characters, I mean, did you find any of the characters, um, the new characters, overly interesting? I liked Woody. I liked uh, Beckett. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson, awesome. Yeah, he's always good. Um, I mean, you know, and, he's going to give a solid performance. Uh, not so much Amelia Clark. Like she was good. I'm not. I know I'm probably never going to get to the bottom of her story in, in film because I doubt they'll revisit this this property. But um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Vision. Bettany Vision. Was okay. yeah, Vision. Yeah, I thought Paul Bettany was OK, but that's what it is. I thought it was a film of OK performances. By the way, they killed Fandy Newton. Well, and, and uh, the little the little guy who was John Favreau. <laughs> it was John Favreau. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, one of the things, the critiques I read about this um, that people had an issue was, is again, they just, you know, the secondary characters were okay. Yeah. But well, not, the story was okay. Let's, let's, so like, yeah. I'll get to that. Let's, let, yeah, one of my problems. About the story itself, the uh, film. Right. So the part, the problem I have with it is that at the end of this movie, I should be feeling like I know the Han Solo that is sitting at the bar in Tantooine when when Luke and Obi-Wan go to meet him. And for me, this ends on too much of an up note. Like, for me, I thought the perfect ending. And so so what happens is basically um, throughout the movie, Han and this guy Beckett get get together. They're supposed to steal this, you know. Um, hyperfuel, hyper right? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Right. And it's basically all these backstabbing um, uh, groups and 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 mobs and and things like that. And Paul Bettany is like, you you got to go steal it, or I'm going to kill you. That's where the Kessel Run comes from. So that's cool. That all of but that. But would you stuff- care about the Kessel Run though? That's one of my points. Like the Kessel no. Run's a big deal for us who know Star Wars prior to it. And they still I didn't even that's show like it. The Kessel Run. Who if you if you didn't know Star Wars, do you care? Is an independent film. No. No. Like if you were and just watching this, that's solo, the problem. Would you is even they, care about the Kessel Run? No, and they didn't even show you really what the Kessel Run was. Like they didn't explain. They still have not explained exactly what the Kessel Run is. Like there was no part where they were like, "I'm starting the Kessel Run, and now I'm ending the Kessel Run." Like it doesn't. I I I don't know. So that that part didn't. And the problem with me is that all of those pieces of this movie are the best parts. 
because they're connected to the original trilogy, it's cool yeah. to see how they connect. And that's the best part of this movie. Um, and seeing characters that we know what they will become. Now, my biggest problem with this is that I just thought the end could have been so much better. Um, so what happens in the end, just to jump forward a little bit, and then we can continue through this five-point list, is that um, Amelia Clark and 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 Han Solo uh, they decide they're gonna they're gonna basically steal all the hyperfuel and give it to these these um, rebels who are basically rebelling against the Empire um, from like small little I guess right um, yeah. And what happens is that Beckett sells them out and you expect Beckett to leave. He comes back and he basically says, you know, like he basically tells Dryden what, what happened. Dryden's going to kill them. Um, and then all hell breaks loose. Beckett takes the hyperfuel and leaves. Han catches up with them after they kill Dryden. Um, and they're standing there on this ridge. And it's, it's basically Han Solo, his mentor, and Chewie. And the only thing I could think of is that, like, so what happens is Beckett's like, I'm going to I'm going to tell you uh, or, you know, you should have listened to me. Um, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And Han just shoots him dead, basically. Yeah. So that is another thing. Right. That leads you into it's too easy, though. For me, what would have been so much better is if Beckett shot him, shot Han. Yeah, and then and he then, learned, and then Chewie like picked him up and threw him off the ledge or something like that, because there's no difference in like it wasn't like Casino Royale, but which when, I brought up, which I I thought there was cheap elements of Casino Royale, not right, done as well. Right, and you know another the card part, but other parts that wasn't nearly as good is if you want to see a really good film from the '90s, Maverick. With Mel Gibson, right, right. great card uh, stuff with right. Joe Foster. But I would, I would have just Star. loved to see the transformation. Like, if you're going to end the movie with our Han Solo, with the Han Solo that's walking into, but I don't think the that. Bar, do you think we that don't. was what they wanted to do? Because I heard they made uh, Han, the guy who plays Han, sign a three picture deal. Okay. I think they wanted to make this a trilogy. But I agree. I thought they should have. The tone you know, was just off in the end. I would yeah. have, I would have rather had Han getting shot, learned his lesson, dumped by the girl, and and not being helpful. Like yeah. he, because then what does it tell us in New Hope when he? Yeah, that, and that's a point I want to. We'll let's save that okay, idea okay. for a second. So we'll bring it up in a second. My point is this: all the best parts, uh, the intro, the job of the hut, which you would have had no idea about. They talk about a job he's going to do. Mm -hmm. All this type, uh, Darth Maul showing up you if you awesome. didn't yeah but you wouldn't have no idea if you didn't right but like, I, I don't necessarily think this point specifically is relevant for no i get it i know i'm just saying one of the things i and, and that was an issue i have though i will say this continues our theme of really weird uh this movie has some really weird uh sexual innuendo we've had monster human sex in shape of water uh, -huh. uh we've had robot Oh, right. Human sex. Uh, we've had ghost human sex in The Shining. Mm -hmm. And now we have uh, alluded to uh, more uh, robot. robot, more robot, like non-human looking <laughs> AI robot looking sex with with Lando. Uh, so I <coughs> give maybe a fail on standing on its own. This yeah, is a yeah. film that definitely had to do. No. All right. Uh, third point. Is the fan service interesting or overly nauseating? 
in this film. It's interesting to me. I think this is the one thing that's hard to mess up with Star Wars. Um, even from the very beginning, like when you're when they're going around Corellia and you're seeing these these aliens and these different types of worlds, the 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 kind of idea that George Lucas kind of imparted to these writers and world creators is just like you can do whatever you want and it will make sense in Star Wars. So like even that that like worm lady coming out of the water and like. Yeah. And I'm like, this is Star Wars. This is like, you will see the weirdest shit and it doesn't matter. It all looks cool. It all feels right. Um, no matter how, <laughs> how it just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, so like to me, all the fan service in this was the best part of the movie because the story didn't really hold much for me. Um, the, but the ultimate fan service would have been leaving this movie with the Han Solo character that we know. Yeah, and I, I the one thing that maybe bothers me this is this idea that they were trying to set up future films because in my mind, these, like, Star Wars stories, you know, as they label it, Solo, a Star Wars story, just like Rev, uh, Rogue One was Rogue One, a Star Wars, mm -hmm. were supposed to be one-offs. Right. Which were supposed to be, like, interesting things. And Rogue One and is great. But I would have liked it just to be self-contained like right. – but now even Rogue One's not because the guy in Rogue One is getting a prequel series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, whatever. Which yeah. I don't – but my point is I like the idea of the standalone episode. Like that was really yeah. intriguing yeah. to me and there was too much of it. Um, there was some good things. This is definitely a, a pass for me. The one issue I had was the, the, re, the, the demand to make – what happened in the last Jedi relevant with the dice? Yeah, like that. I, 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 honest to God, feel like they they were like, we have got to put these dice in because everybody saw Last Jedi and was like, why the hell is Luke carrying these dice and didn't remember it? So the next movie we're gonna hit him with Solo and we'll see how important this was yeah. to Han Solo and P uh, that kind of annoyed me a little bit. The other thing I just have in general issue with. Um, prequels is the need where they from a writing perspective I think they're very difficult to write mm -hmm. like you have to be this is the first time he sees the Millennium Falcon and this time is the first time he goes in the high you know like they, they feel the need to show all of these things yeah and the way that they're shot is just like and that's my issue with all prequels like it's like all right now this is the first time they do this and this and, and that's what it, it's like a checklist like you're writing a screenplay and it's not about we're going to build a film and we're going to develop characters it's like all right where's my han solo checklist right and i and i have right. to get all and that is just a individual viewing thing if i'm looking at it in the connection of all the series fantastic but it it's just sitting down and yeah just sitting, and i didn't mind that I wanted I to see Chewie get the crossbow. That yeah. didn't happen. So I, I feel like they were holding stuff back again for yeah. potential. But that's still a pass. Uh, one of the big questions I have, and there there is some issue I had with this part, is uh, the question I ask is, is the original character arc of the character or characters harmed by the prequel? Yes. Do you, do you feel in this film I uh, do. The, the, the character arc? Because I think <laughs> this is a major fail in this. And I have like there's a couple of points that really jump out at me that bothered me about what they did in this film in terms of who Han Solo is supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. And because it, it, basically he does the same thing in this that he does in Last Hope, which then kind of cheapens what happens in Last Hope, right? 
Like yeah. in, in Last Hope, he he decides to take the money that Leia gives him and, and leave the rebellion and go pay off Jabba and and come back and, and see them at some future date after they take on the uh, the Empire, which he knows they're going to fail and they're all going to die, right? Like yeah. he knows that they're attacking the Death Star. Um, in this movie, it's like he's going to help these people, and and so like. Just by making that minor decision, it sort of cheapens the big decision made in. Uh, there, I keep yeah, saying Last Hope in, in it, New Hope. Yeah, to, but in uh, all of them, I don't back. feel yeah. like I think it eliminates his character arc. Yes, in, in a the New original, Hope. in the original, the first film, but even in the whole trilogy, is right. this idea that he's this hardened guy, and there's little pieces that we get. Right. And I mean, maybe somebody would say, no, that's him coming back to the kid who he was in Solo. Right. Maybe. But I don't know. I thought that there was so much about what that character was interesting. And I thought it was, oh, no, he's a good guy. No, he's going to fall. I don't know. I also thought my question was, was Beckett supposed to be Han Solo if he didn't meet Leia and Luke? Sure. Like, is that who we're So, so that's yeah, what I mean. he was. I don't know. I To me, I just. His character. Um, and even with um, The Force Awakens, yeah. I thought he was really interesting and good in the sense that he had kind of almost like relapsed into the Han we saw in right. New Hope. Um, I don't know. It just, that that part bothered me. I thought the guy who played him, Alden Aldrich, was really good. Yeah. It, it that but just this is where the writing me. fell down for me. It's yeah, like I, that just bothered. I would have I would have loved this to have a sour end to specifically for him. I thought it was a nice. Well, actually, I don't know that I thought it was a nice touch that they had the rebellion starting with these folks. Uh, these like pirates. Like, yeah, is that I, what is it? Is that the beginning? Do you, in your mind, is that the beginning of the rebellion? Do you yeah, think that's what absolutely. we were supposed to take? Okay, but that doesn't make any sense because we all know that the empire, the rebellion was already being fought against. Right from the from from Jimmy Smith. Like he yes. he he is the he, what's his name? Um, Organa. Yeah, Bail Organa is the begin. He is like the, he is the beginning Bernie already. Of Sanders. <laughs> Right, he is the leader well, of. Well, that's why the you know, rebellion I, failed. Right, right, but he he gets killed. Right, I yes, how. he gets exploded. The whole planet, <laughs> the whole planet. Yeah, so like uh, he, yeah, so like I, that part didn't make any sense. So like I, I thought it was like, I thought there were, and this is where the prequel and the sequel and and all those things really hinge. And we talked about this before. You need someone that loves, and we talked about this with like the books, the books becoming film. You need someone who loves that source material and knows it inside and out, and that like it's part of their being. Like J.J. Abrams is the guy, right? Like, yeah. and, and if he is not doing it, you need him overseeing the scripts for the. You need him to basically yeah. MCU Ugly. this. Somebody, yes. And I think that's the problem is it gets so big and you have so many conflicting storylines and things here that we don't. So that's a fail to me. Last one. Uh, what has the film done to make the character more or less interesting to you? Do you think it's a pass or a fail? I is Han Solo uh, just kind of the same for you? Are you less interested in him? More kind of the same? Yeah. Um, 
No, I, I yeah, I, kind of the same. I mean, I, I'm. I would like to know how the the Kira and him thing gets resolved. But well, she's got to end up dead, don't you think? Yeah, but isn't that the only right. thing that makes sense? Right. Yes, she should be dead. But but I I don't uh, see that. The only reason I'm interested in that is because I don't like how this movie ends. I don't like where Hansel like I don't like him chipper and and so excited. Let's go meet with Jabba the Hutt. Like it doesn't. It, it's I, like he should be like penniless, like on his last leg. Like hey, you're gonna well, they, if you're gonna problem, hang with me. I then, think I think the issue in this film is with all prequels is you're written into a corner. He needs to end up with the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, he needs to end up at Jabba the Hutt. And I think that it takes somebody really freaking impressive to construct a story where we're going to care and have an origin where we know what the end product is. He didn't uh, need to be going to Jabba the Hutt. That didn't need to happen. No, I know he didn't, but we know that's where he's Also, the other problem I have with this film is his age. What is going on with the age, right? Like, so yeah, how old is he? He looks how exactly old is the he? same. Yeah, how old is how old Do you is Han think it in the original? Been better? Uh, question: Do you think it would have been better if they had done something not to the level of Phantom Menace, where it was really young, um, Anakin, nah. but like maybe like a, a ten or a twelve-year-old Han, and then he escapes or ends up in the Empire or something, and then we see the next time we see him, he's older or something along those lines. I, yeah, or was I that don't just know. Not possible. I I would have liked them to have started with the age where he is. Maybe start with a kid and then jump to like the age he is at the end of the film. Okay. Like start with a kid, show him his like like a ten year old, yeah, being like a street rat in Karelia, and then and, jumps to right. him in the Imperial Army or something like that. Right, right, and 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 that's the story I always wanted with this because you, you know whether it was in books, whether I don't know how I ever heard this information but I'm well, there I, was a book there was a book about him that okay. you may have read i never read, read it, but my my explanation was always that like he was an imperial pilot yeah. who was basically an amazing pilot and was you know helping the empire conquer worlds yeah. and then when he saw the injustice of the slavery with um the, the Wookiees, yeah, yeah, he ends he, up saving Chewbacca, and that's when it comes. And the the Which funny thing is, would have been a great story, by the way. You you need right. That's the good story. It's dark. It's darker and a Rogue One like thing. Was, that's why was you, too, this was too playful. I think they. Right. I think tonally they made a uh, mistake right off the bat. And, but the funny yeah. thing is, when you look at this, you actually have a template for what this tone should have been like, right in front of you. And we've already talked about it on this show. He, I mean, basically, he's Malcolm Reynolds, right? Like, yeah, that is the that is the tone that this could have Bitter, had. Kind of jaded. Right. Yep. PTS. D almost, you know, right. like he was right. all that stuff. Um, now, all that being said, I still have to say I, I did. Uh, I think it's a film you can watch, enjoy, you know, have a beer. Yeah. I, I will I, say I, a lot of good characters die in this movie. Yeah. And there's no feeling towards it at all, except maybe no. a little bit towards the robot, which is another I, failure. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, this was my second time watching it. I liked it uh, uh, probably about 20% less on second yeah, viewing. I can see that. 
I, the first time I saw it, I think I had real low expectations. When I was rewatching, I'm like, eh, this movie's okay. That's I don't kind know of why I'm, ever, I'm scared to I watch The Last Jedi. I, yeah, I don't know if I ever need to see it a third time. Last Jedi's on uh, Netflix, too. I almost watched it again. I just, just the sake. I, I've only I seen it once. I've only seen it once, and I'm kind of scared I to watch it again. I've only seen it once as well, actually. And I enjoyed it. So I, I don't know if I do want to revisit it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go spanning the globe. A uh, bunch going on here. First, instant reaction this week is a fantastic uh, movie basically ta uh, targeted towards kids and, and adults. You mm -hmm. know, it's a family-oriented film. Uh, and it's entitled The King, The Kid Who Would Be King. Yes. Uh, a modern-day interpretation of – uh, Sir Arthur and made by a director whom you love. I don't know that I love him, but you do well, attack the block, attack the block, which I, have I mean. you seen it? No, you will like attack the block. It's yeah. got, and uh, I, what I, I, Finn. I, this is what, yeah, this is what I got excited about because you loved attack the block so much that he directed this. Uh, what was your thoughts on the kid and, uh, the kid who would be King? I had no idea what it was. Uh, you told me to watch the trailer. I was, immediately pumped up watching that, that trailer. I am super excited about this movie. Um, knowing what that director did with Attack the Block and the kind of the tension and the and kind of uh, fun nature of that movie, I, th I think this is going to be a sleeper-like juggernaut of a movie. Yeah, people, this is a film made in uh, Britain. Um... It is is apparently better than a kid in King Arthur's court, which uh, <laughs> yeah. my brother Sean is bringing up, uh, with the star of the Rookie of the Year. And yeah, that looked terrible. That movie is uh, terrible. People love this. Patrick Stewart's in it. So awesome. basically, the premise is in like an urban elementary school. A young in, middle school kid yeah. is King Arthur, rips the stone out, and Patrick Stewart's and, and there's a supposed to be breakout stars. I think it's at a ninety eight percent. On rating right now. Right. People love it. Uh, it's supposed to be great. Now, I, I have to admit, when I first heard about it, I was like, this sounds dumb. This is not original. It's been done before. Um, but it's people yeah. are, are swearing by now, it that it's really supposed to be a good film. So do you know we'll what see. Attack the Block's about? So, no. So not Attack the Block is like a low budget sci-fi movie. Well, I knew it was low budget. That takes place in like the, the projects in and around London, I think. Um, There's somewhere a lot in Britain. of those in London. Somewhere in Britain, yeah. And uh, basically these aliens are running around trying trying to eat people. And these like... Uh, so not a kid film, you're saying. Right. No, this is not a kid film. And then uh, these, these uh, like basically gangbangers, yeah. uh, kids start to mount like a, a fight Resistance. against it yeah and it's it's good it's a good movie well i gotta watch it so i'll make sure i watch that but the kid who would be king uh i want to see it so uh, i'll let everybody know about it uh quick question for you uh it was announced today you are the person who plays uh video games is I that am. a proper term still is that a i don't want to be d d diminishing uh what it don't is don't assume my uh, gamer Okay. Uh, Americans spent $43 billion yeah. on gaming last year. It's the biggest industry uh, up, in, of entertainment yeah. by far. Up 18%. Um, I don't have a gaming system. I don't play. Uh -huh. I know that's... That's it, not it true. Just, you do have a gaming system, and that's going to lead to our conversation on what's what driving my, that. What is my, my computer? Is that no. the gaming system? Uh, my phone? Your phone. Oh, the okay. reason people are spending so much money on gaming, and this will all come come into that, you know, traditional gaming consoles 
and and PC gaming still make a lot of money. But the mobile market for gaming has exploded, specifically with uh, something they call microtransactions, which is the ability to offer a game that's free to play. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you can buy things into you it. Buy things in the game. So, like, if you if you run out of lives, you can buy, and you have to wait like twenty four hours before you can play again, or you can spend a dollar and refill them, okay. um, stuff like that. And then like little little boosters and things like it, they have people, and and I forget the statistics, but they're they they call them like whales. There's people that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on things like Candy Crush. Um. Well, so. my mom plays beer pong with my brother Sean on her phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, um, which is interesting. I saw. <laughs> I said, uh, and she was up here the last time she was up here. Um, I was like, why is there beer pong on your phone? She's like, oh, I'm playing beer pong, virtual beer pong against Sean on my That's phone. That's hilarious. Um, no, so there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting. I would say that. Um, there are a ton of games out there that um, that are just amazing. Like they're they're telling stories and, and doing things in gaming that have that you can't really do in any other kind of uh, medium, right? And yeah, um, it's it's amazing. Um, but I would say that the the reason that number is so high and up eighteen percent is probably the mobile market. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. I uh, only ever liked sporting games. Um, I would not play on my phone. And I'm not that's I, I have no problem with people who play on it, except yeah. for my students during class, which probably happens frequently. Uh, but it's another side story. Uh, I really want one of those, you know, little small Nintendos. Now, my favorite video game of all time yeah. is Baseball Stars. I don't think I it's love, on there. Well, I think I could find it. I have it in here. Uh, I have it here. Next time you're here, we can play. I, I want to play baseball stars. The mo- uh, and the only other thing I'd like to play, and I guess you can do it mobily now is I like FIFA, but uh, I think you don't even need a game console for that anymore. I think people play that on. Uh, it's not as phones. You, you could play it so, on phone, but it's not as I good. was never good at the other stuff. It, I was just, I never, I never mind watching people play in college. I would just yeah. sit there and have a beer and watch people play. I was like, yeah. Oh, this works for me. The yeah. best of both worlds. Uh, okay. So that's a video game. Uh, now this week, uh, we're going to do our first ever, uh, com majors, public service announcement. Now oh. back in the day, uh, uh, with the late night with Brian Costello show, we used to air occasionally public service announcements as part of our agreement to be aired on. Um, and I read an article this week that said, uh, now this does not affect Jim or I, we've talked about this on the program before, Okay. uh, social media dating warning. Uh, and it was released, uh, by Tinder. Uh, we've talked about before on the show, uh, neither Jim or I were ever involved in the, the, you know, app dating world. It, it happened after we were already, um, we would kill it though. Let's be fair. I don't think I would kill it at all, (laughs) but, um, so I read this disturbing article, uh, that Uh was put out warning people using social media dating apps, uh, that you could fall into one of the three following categories. So I know we have a very young, diverse, uh, social media dating force out here. So if you are someone out there, this is our com majors public service announcement. There's three things you need to be worried about here. Now I'm going to ask you these terms. I also feel 
cool because now I know what these terms mean if somebody says them. Uh, like, do you know what the term ghosting means? Yeah, I know what ghosting means. I, okay, I, 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 I watched I mean, from Catfish. That, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that was that years ago. That, but these are the new terms. Okay. I mean, that was just uh, giving a term to something that we were yes. doing. Let's yes. be fair. That. I know, but here. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> the first thing you want to be aware of if you're social uh, media dating uh-huh. is being uh, what is termed as pocketed. Do oh. you know what being pocketed means? I have no idea. I imagine it has something to do with being on the phone. I don't know. Uh, So if you're being pocketed, that means you feel you're both getting very serious, but your significant other is refusing (laughs) to introduce you to their parents. You're being put in their back pocket and just uh, being used in that way. Okay. So if you're not going to meet the parents there, uh, my second favorite, uh, actually my favorite term, you need to be very much aware um, that you're not being what they call cookie jarring. Do you know what cookie jarring is? It sounds awful. No. All right. It's, cookie jarring. It's not bad stuff, right? Yeah. It, no, it's not. <laughs> is a term that refers to treating someone as a backup option okay. while you're dating other people. You may not uh, you may not be that serious about your date, but you sporadically dip your hand in the cookie jar um, okay. with that person. So you don't want to be someone's cookie jar. No. That that we yeah. are very trendy here. I mean, you know, no, we are just this letting is like young yeah, people this is... say, Yeah, well we might have a young audience out there listening. <laughs> We don't want people being taken advantage of. Emotionally, we have Sean and Jerry, at least, and they are at least 13 and a half level emotional maturity. Well, but Jerry is maybe lower. (laughs) I would take Sean over that. Uh, And the last thing you need to be aware of is something called U-turning, which is when um, you originally think somebody is amazing and you're completely into it, uh-huh. and then you realize they have a criminal record or poor oral hygiene or something along those lines. Uh, so if you are someone. Oh, dude, uh, not you turning Y O U, you turning like a U. Like you. I'm making yes. a U turn. Yes, I'm making you. You yes. spelled that differently in the document. No, that's how they did it in the article, though. Okay. Capital U Um, term. I don't think these things are dramatically different than what people used to do before social media. No, these are all names of things that we've seen people do. Um, We just didn't. I I think naming it probably makes it a healthier environment because then you're like, you you could be called out. You could be called out for doing one of these things, right? God knows that I was a ghoster before. Yes, you ghosted. Yeah. You would ghost. <laughs> the cookie jarring one is I I, I don't even know that's, what that. I think that's that can only be done in a in a world with like phones, right? Like with like personal yes, cell phones. I think so. I think it's a very different yeah, very different world. All right. Uh, one that I'm glad I'm not involved Let's in. move on from this. Let's move on. A public service announcement yeah. there. Uh, okay. Uh, last, uh, our game, things you could argue about over a beer at Oscars. Just as a, a side note here, Oscars, the greatest college bar of all time, is up for sale. Um, it is available for purchase. And, um, yeah. Uh, Jim and I had talked about this earlier. Uh, we are thinking about setting up some kind of 
trust. Go, GoFundMe. Yeah, GoFundMe trust. We won't actually host or own the bar, but the trust would own it, and we would put, yeah. you know, someone as a figurehead in charge of the trust. I mean, yeah, and that and would, they would own that would probably be Dave Bailey. That probably should be Dave Bailey. Yeah, or Wolfie. Either That's one. True. He, you know, could be in charge of it and run it. Uh, but here's our question. And we put this up on social media. Um, who is a better Harrison Ford character, Han Solo or Indiana Jones? And this one was not even close. No, it in can't. The it's not. Uh, Indiana Jones won 76 percent of the vote from our listeners in terms yeah. of who's a better character. Yeah. It's and you just, and I both agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean no, no question. yeah, I mean, Han Solo is kind of a, he's basically a, a one note archetype in the original trilogy. Um, even in, in the new movie, Last Jedi, whatever, or in uh, uh, Force Awakens. So, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not a huge, I mean, I love Han Solo. But I, I did too. Really but love yeah, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. First of all, Indiana Jones is a main character. Han Solo is. Right, he's nuanced, character. and he's nuanced, yeah. and and, yeah. and honestly, I I hadn't thought about it before, but when we we talked about Indiana Jones, um, the character arc of the guy who would give up pretty much anything in his life to to get the Ark of the Covenant yes. versus the guy who will drop the Holy Grail to save his father. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And the, or, um, what's the her whole, name? Yeah, the whole development of the character obviously had more. It's, it it was more going on there than I than I originally thought. I think. Yeah. No, I thought it was it was very good. Uh, and that's our question, Jeff. I will say this: if somebody's looking, uh, I would love um, to do a Com Majors episode from Oscars. <laughs> no one's listening. If if we have any poll and anybody, do they have internet anything, there? I don't know. We'll need, do we like, need internet? We might we not do. be able to do the live feed, but we could maybe re just record an audio version of. Well, that uh, happened. That happened. But there you go. You finished it. I love it. I, I would love to do that. Uh, it would be a great birthday present. Yeah, I think um, make that happen. Do a live show from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. All right. Happens. Five questions. All right, five questions. All right. Five questions. I'm answering five questions. This week, Brian's so asking five questions. All right. Here we so, go. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Good luck charms. Thinking of the dice here. Uh, I, I don't really have any good luck charms. So. Yeah. You don't strike me as someone who believes in a, in a, in all powerful, the force, right? No, I, I, I think I'm thumbs down on that. Which is funny because Han Solo doesn't either in A New Hope, but yeah. somehow he, he believes in luck. Well, but. that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no on that. All right. Thumbs down. Number two, would you rather mud wrestle me or Chewbacca? Uh, neither. You got to pick one. But I got to tell you, if I'm going to mud wrestle you, you better send me flowers like you sent your wife at work today. <laughs> That's You're not going to mud wrestle right. me and then not send me flowers next. <laughs> so right. I guess you. I, right. I guess you. Not Chewbacca. He's right. a little too hairy for me. Yeah. Uh, fill in the blank. Blank is my favorite Star Wars movie after the original trilogy. Yeah, I had to think about this. I, when you knew, um, I was like, maybe he'll ask my favorite Star Wars. And I was going to be like, uh, I had a whole thing in my mind where my favorite's probably Return of the Jedi. Even though I don't think it's the best, but it's the one I actually saw in the theater and everything. Right. And um, but after the original trilogy, um, I liked Rogue One. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it might be that. You know what? Here's the thing that might be a very unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Of all the prequels, the, the Phantom Menace was my favorite. Really? Yeah, and and I I don't think it's the best movie, but there's a few sequences in it. the the sequence the dueling fate sequence yeah, with cool. Darth Maul I think is the best part of the entire prequel. Um, but uh, could I just take uh, Firefly, even though it's not, sure. and just call it a Star <laughs> yeah, Wars? I, I had a tough time answering that one too. In my head, I'm thinking I, I, it's got to be it's really close between Rogue One and. Um, and uh, the force awakens i really do like the force awakens oh you know what i i'm sorry i was thinking prequels i would definitely take the force awakens okay the force awakens it, not any mm. non pre yes force awakens i think is the best non original of all the batch yeah. by far and i think rogue one's right up there with it i think yeah it's rogue that one good. i thought was very good too yeah. um and there's elements of phantom menace i like the other ones i think are dreadful <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, number four, what is your favorite TV or movie spaceship? Um, tie between Serenity uh-huh. and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, the Galactica. That's a good one, man. I love I really Battlestar like Galactica. The Enterprise D, which I, th- I think it's the D, is the next generation Enterprise. Um, and oh, I like I, I like next generation too, yeah, but I loved. Battlestar Galactica. I the, the, the yeah, there's a lot out there. I gotta think. I gotta think about that. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Flight of the Navigator. I liked as no, well. No, no, that no. weird ship from Disney. All right. Uh, all right. Deep thoughts. If you had the Force, how quickly would it take you to fall to the dark side? Uh, I would kill you immediately, so I wouldn't have to mud wrestle you. So <laughs> within seconds, probably. Um. I don't know. It's interesting because if you think about Star Wars, what is the attraction to the dark side? Those people all seem miserable. What is the exciting life that they're living there? Do you know what I mean? It's like right. it's all it's it's like they're all just killing people constantly. Like where is the like that's the life I gotta live type of thing? You know, like I get it. It's kind of like in Wall Street. Yeah. With uh, Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas, like Charlie Sheen's like, look at all the hot women, look at all the cars, look at all the. Now, pretty much, you're living a horrific life on the dark side. But to be so fair, I don't on, really on get the that. Jedi on the Jedi side, things are not that much better. Um, and I think that's sort of the only part of when I think about the Last Jedi, the part that I really like is sort of the resetting of that in the end, which is. Hey, maybe it's time. It is time for the Jedi to evolve and change into something different, and not not be this this black and white. Well, yeah, uh, and so and, and somebody pointed out like the Jedi are boring. Like not somebody just was boring. Talking, they're 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 repressed like a in a way that, that yeah, no, not even like monks that are thoughtful about what they're doing, right? So they keep asking people to to downplay emotion for. For what? Um, for what? So that they're not what, tempted what, by I it. I don't really get either. No. I, I, quite honestly, I'm not understanding, other than being a hologram when you die, what you're getting out of the Force. It seems kind of boring. Han Solo's life seems more interesting. Lando's life, a lot more interesting. Jedi? Yeah. Mm, don't know. Don't care about being a hologram when I'm dead. 
So um, maybe early. I don't know. Sean said Jedi's are like the baseball purists. Bring on the juice. Yes. Well, that's probably (laughs) true, actually. Sabermetrics at its best. All right. Let's go on to Sabermetrics. Do you see what you did there? (laughs) Brilliant. You didn't even know how genius you are, Brian. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Um, Recommendations. What do we actually have? Yeah, you go first. You go first. We have some legit recommendations this week. Uh, I have three recommendations. I've had the Sexton single malt whiskey before on the show, and it's delicious. Um, One, uh, Aileen has gotten into rewatching Mad Men, Uh which I have added is one of my most overrated things, and I'm I'm not watching it. Uh, So the other night, I watched uh, Orson Welles' film from 1949 on Netflix, which I would highly recommend, and everyone's like, oh my god, 1949, it's in black and white, called The Third Man. It won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Amazing. Seriously, it's like an hour and 35, watch it. Okay. It's as good as anything that's being made right now. They shot it in Vienna, post-World War II, actually in Vienna. Unbelievable. The Like, there's so much things. Martin Scorsese swears by it is one of the movies that, like, all these directors do. There's okay. all these things that you would see in th- unbelievable movie. The Third Man. Uh, second, uh, another plug for um, Netflix, The Fire <laughs> Music Festival, which I knew. Oh, yeah nothing oh you don't remember when all that was happening no i i I am not like big in social media and that's like i don't find trendsetters or anything in instagram or anything like that watch the fire documentary there's supposed to be a good one on hulu i don't have hulu uh watch this it's an hour like 35 (laughs) minutes you have got to watch this shit show i was (laughs) unbelievable what this fire um music festival was and what was going on and i was hooked and it was just you're immersed in it you can watch it you could you know if you're listening to the show right now you could listen to it and you'll be done by 11 o'clock as soon as we're done watch it can't recommend enough and finally uh one of my true guilty viewing pleasures along with aileen we watch two mtv shows um catfish uh i'm not watching Lindsay lohan's club because it was a steaming pile of crap uh but siesta key is back and siesta key is everything i wanted Lindsay lohan's clubhouse to be <laughs> ridiculous stupid fools embarrassing themselves constantly and it is just some of the dumbest people on earth who are rich embarrassing themselves every five minutes. And it makes me thrilled to watch it. Uh, and there's nothing redeeming about it. Right. There's nothing thoughtful about it. It's the opposite of the third man. It's the opposite of the fire music festival. Uh, but watch uh, Siesta Key. And uh, those are my recommendations for this week. Yeah. So uh, my recommendations, uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon, very good. Um, also, uh, watch um, a True Detective. Rewatch season one all over again. It did, was, did you start season three yet? We did. We're a couple episodes. How good in. is it? It's pretty good so far. All right, I got to. I was going to say, like, yeah, I'm. I'm ready to say you should it. at least watch it. No, I um, want And but season was, two was. It's season two is not as okay. I don't I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is, but I No, I, it was okay. Yeah. Um and uh well, I, Katie and I also that. watched Sorry to Bother You, which had come highly recommended. Um and about halfway through I thought it was excellent. 
And then at the end of it, I thought it was very, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, because you had texted me at the beginning. I texted you about halfway like, this through. This is amazing. I texted you halfway through. And it, and okay. It didn't. It didn't follow through on that promise, but it, it's still very good and worth seeing. There's there right. are a few things, through, a few problems with it. Uh, Katie and I both had, but I think um, I think it's overall there's there. It's a pretty good movie, and the, some of the acting in it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's great. Well, I would just say uh, as a side recommendation that how excited I would recommend doing a uh, movie podcast like we do because I used to watch no movies in a month. And this week I watched Solo, Uh Third Man, and a a documentary film. And Keenan texted me like uh, before the weekend and was like, hey, I'm going to see Spider-Man into this, you know, into the Spider-Verse. I want to see that. Oh, it's amazing. I couldn't go. Uh, And he was going to see Glass at the same time. And I was like, he was doing like a back to back and i'm like i can't dude i am i again basketball season is a couple weeks longer i'm really considering doing the showcase the one you and i went and saw um the movie at i'm I'm Mm -hmm. considering doing that three three movies for 15 dollars uh thing uh, especially with captain marvel coming up uh okay next week we're celebrating a ridiculously stupid American holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to watch Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, yep. uh, which I saw in the theater, loved, saw numerous times in high school and college after, but have not seen it in years. So I'm really excited um, to see Groundhog Day. <laughs> I am too. I haven't seen it probably since college, and I was probably half paying attention that time. Um, your your idiot brother and and Jerry are talking about doing their own podcast and and uh, getting it set up. I would love love to see them get get this set up and do this. I think Sean could do a podcast. I, I do. I think no, he's savvy. He could do that. Yeah. Um, Jerry, I'm surprised they have internet where Jerry lives. No, Jerry's uh, lives in Goshen now, hometown <laughs> of one Mister Dan Barrio. Uh, Dan Barrio. Um, so uh, I want to have Jerry on the show. You can have Jerry on the show. I yeah, think I'll be off be that in, week. I, I think that we, it could be like fill-ins. <laughs> you know when they do things, they like can bring in fill-ins. Yeah. <laughs> like summer vacation. They're like, Jim's gone this week. And, well, no, you couldn't be gone because you're the one who do all, does all the technical stuff. So we wouldn't actually be able to air the uh, – you wouldn't be able to air the show. Uh, Groundhog Day next week. It's going to be fantastic. We're very excited about it. Uh, again, uh, yeah. plug uh, plugs. Uh, it was always the same stuff. Yeah. It, if you get a chance, and people don't, I, I think, get this. If you could rate, comment, uh, on subscribe, whatever, whatever it is, subscribe, yeah. whatever it is on any of those. We are on all the major streaming ones. Yeah. Um, watch us on YouTube. We're a little behind on We're uh, way YouTube. behind on YouTube. I haven't uploaded but a video to YouTube. We were forever. on Facebook, but honestly, we are on um I guess I should Apple start Pod, doing that. We're on Apple Pod. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on all the ones you could listen to, and uh, that gets the word out. Also, if you have a chance, uh, and if you're a Facebook viewer, share our episodes on yeah. Facebook, and that expands us to other people. Yeah. And uh, that is it. Next week we'll be back, uh, Groundhog Day, uh, and God knows what else. <laughs> um, but that that's that's it. Thanks. Yeah. All right. That's good. We're done. Adios, everybody.
not too late. Have a great night, everybody uh, who's listening. Great day if you're listening on the podcast, and we will talk to you soon. See ya.